Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Joe Biden fails in federal court again. This was the complete Fifth Circuit. So that comes out of New Orleans. This was N Punk. This was everybody. It was a three judge panel that had upheld vaccination requirements. But once it came, N Bonk, E N, second word Bonk, B A N C, the full uh, Fifth Circuit, which I believe is 16 judges. They rejected the government's argument that courts don't have jurisdiction over pre-enforcement challenges to Biden's vaccine mandate. Mandate. Translation, the court absolutely has a say. And courts that tell you that you can't force vaccines on people need to be listened to. The question before us is, what now if anybody got the vaccine for fear of losing their job? What's their recourse? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, what you doing? 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. I've been in the mood to take uh, some calls. I so I, I get all the time, why don't you take calls? I'm like, because I got things to say. <laughs> there's, there's a reason I do this thing. But I, 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 do, I do love it. I, I do love the, the sharing. So 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. The court's decision upholds an injunction issued by a federal judge back in January of 22, so over a year ago, that had blocked the mandate. Now, the administration said, well, hey, look, 98% of covered employees had already been vaccinated, and they got vaccinated over fear that if they didn't get vaccinated, they were going to lose their jobs. Because, as you know, if you weren't vaccinated and you had COVID, you clearly were going to kill my meemaw. Even though vaccinated people could just as easily transmit the virus. Which, if you had paid any attention to the data, listen to this show, were a rational person, you knew. And you knew when people like The View or or Dr. Anthony Fauci or or you, you had a, a, a Walensky there from the CDC or any of these other people saying, well, you have to be vaccinated. Otherwise, you could spread uh, the the covid virus. We all said, what are you what are you talking about? Vaccinated or unvaccinated, you could still spread the virus. I often remark, and, and it is very true, that the reason that we have never had any wild swings regarding COVID policy and, and, and things that have come out is that we've always discussed it so honestly. We, were all, we, we never lied to each other about what the actual data said and what people were saying about the data and that they were clearly wrong. We so never lied to each other that when the madness started happening, we were like, yeah, well, we knew that was wrong. Yeah, well, we knew that. People were shocked and amazed. We're like, what are you, what are you, in the world are you shocked and amazed by? But when we talk about vaccine mandates, and it should be remembered that every CEO, every business owner that mandated vaccines was wrong. Completely and totally wrong. 
you, you should be ashamed of yourself. You see, if you come to work in my place of business and I require you to wear a hard hat, and, and maybe like one of those vests so people don't run you over, you know, the reflective kind of vest. Okay. At the end of the workday, that comes off. Vaccines don't come off at the end of the workday. Every CEO who mandated vaccines was wrong, and I think you could sue. We have yet to make any real push towards uh, a liability shield, if you will, uh, to, uh, on, on a multitude of, of, of situations regarding COVID vaccines. So I'm curious to see if that'll happen. Even though there was a stay put on this, and even though now and Bank, uh, they agree with that, with that, how many Biden employees, government employees, got vaccinated for fear that they would lose their job. They carry that vaccine with them every day of their lives. And maybe they wonder when their time is that they'll have a problem because of the vaccine. Now, I think that we have a large enough amount of data to show that the vast majority of of Americans, people who have taken vaccine, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna or J&J, don't have issues from it and probably won't have issues from it. That is not a discounting of people who have had issues from it. We should just be aware that it's a smaller number. The conversation here is the force. And now that we know this, what is the plan of the federal government and of CEOs for the next one because as we're sitting here as sure as we're sitting here there will be something else as long as the communist chinese party is the communist chinese party there will be something else so what happens at that moment another virus hits what's the plan You think you can get anybody to take a vaccine again? Do you think you could force it on them? Do you think you could shame anybody? Can you shut down businesses? Can you tell people they got to stand six feet from one another? We all lived with a concern as we watched this happen because we couldn't believe that it was happening in the United States. For me, the moment was when we had police officers writing down um, writing down uh, license plate numbers in in parking lots. It's church, and I state then stated then, and I state now: any church, any synagogue that didn't have regular services was wrong. Any group, uh, a board of directors, or whatever, who said it's too dangerous was wrong. Dangerous is allowing a government to shut down your synagogue, your church. That's dangerous. You want to wear masks? Well, they don't do anything, but feel free. Sit six feet from each other and knock yourselves out. Sit six feet away and be good. Government telling you you can't uh, gather and police officers actually writing down license plate numbers? 
I'd fire every cop who did it. I'd take away their pensions. And then I would tell them to kiss my you-know-what in front of their kids. That's how ugly that is. Taking down license plate numbers is such a non-American concept as to be believed. But we watched this happen. We watched our people do this. And we said, you know, at first, like, oh, Americans will never go through this again. And then you realize, wait a second, Americans would totally do this again. They'll get told by their government they have to lock down, shut down, be quiet, shut up, where their government appointed gray garb and await further instruction. And they'll be like, yes, master, and they'll do it. And then I see rulings like this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just a a bit of hopefulness on my part. (laughs) Maybe I'm just, I'm just out there saying, oh, please be true. Oh, please tell me America is better. They figured out that you just don't let this happen. You get all the data. We'll never believe two weeks to flatten the curve. Was it 15 days to flatten the curve? Whatever it was to flatten the curve. We're never going through that again. Because when you see this panel say, yeah, they were right. You don't have this power, President Biden. You ain't that special. Um, It gives me kind of hope that we won't see it again. But they'll figure out some other way to engage a, a scare tactic or whatever, tell you about how urgent it is, and they'll they'll use your grandmother against you. Speaking of people who should sue, what about all those people who weren't there when loved ones died because we were told COVID can't go near them? COVID, you have to be separated from your spouse of 55 years. Do you think there's anybody who could have separated me from my wife in that moment? I, watching those images, there's nothing about COVID that haunts except that. People in their 90s crying between glass or plexiglass or a or a curtain or whatever, whatever pretend we did to each other. People died alone. I, I'll never, I, I personally will never get past that. Uh, you could, I could argue that that's the, that is a fuel to a, to uh, keeping myself on, on the straight and narrow on the subject. It really is. Never going to get over it. And I didn't have to do it. I remember I went down to visit my, my parents during COVID because, uh, well, they would have been just devastated if I didn't. You think they worried about COVID? Forget it. We want to see you. Let's go. Let's and so that's that's what we did. Wasn't gonna let COVID stop anything. That's that's crazy town. So this decision is good for those people who got forced into vaccines. I feel for you. And as a reminder. What you're told in the middle of the thing is not always the thing. Some people refer to that as the fog of war. I think it is a long-lasting now um, residual effect that you won't trust government when it tells you things are bad. But if it means that people keep more of their liberty, I am okay with that trade-off. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.
Philadelphia. They're going to solve a very, very serious problem. And they're going to pay pregnant women $1,000 a month. You heard me right. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. It's the Philadelphia Department of Public Health. They're going to start the Philly Joy Bank. I I swear to you, I didn't come up with the name. What are you yelling at me for? It's not my name. To uh, help ease the, the Philly Joy Bank pilot will help ease racial disparities in infant mortality rates. Philadelphia having the highest infant mortality during a child's first year of life of the 10 most populated U.S. cities. So their theory is that this is a solvable crisis. And so you give these moms the money and they will be able to have the money for the things they need during pregnancy, whether it's medical checkups, whether it's it's vitamins, whether it's it's making sure that they're you know they're they're eating well, etc. So the infant mortality rate in Philadelphia is six point one, higher than the U.S. rate of five point eight, which I don't disagree. It seems outrageously high for a country like ours. It does. I don't. I don't I don't say no to this. But the question of course is is why? Of course this group will tell you um as the poorest big city in the country, meaning Philadelphia, this is not always easy especially in areas of the city that are being crushed by generational poverty and systemic racism. So not everybody is going to get this money, are they? That's not going to be uh, the, the the case. I don't think this is going to have the desired effect. I think what's going to happen is that people are going to now get pregnant to get the money. That's what I think is going to happen. The city is hoping to raise $6 million for the program. They've already secured $3 million from the William Penn Foundation and another group. They wanted to help do the start with 250 moms. First, how would you even be able to distinguish what a woman is? Neither here nor there. I leave that to the woke. There is something interesting to this conceptually, which is the idea of if you have poverty and you have these women who don't have access to proper nutrition, who don't have access to proper housing, as we would call it proper, if somebody was pregnant, couldn't those things lead to or add to issues that could come with childbirth? It's not a crazy question. The, the answer, though, of here's $1,000 a month, is that an answer? New York City did this with something called the Bridge Project, providing up to $1,000 every month for three years with no strings attached. Targeted mothers living in certain areas of, of New York. Philadelphia is going to be, I believe, 18 months, so a year and a half. 
conceptually, conceptually, you could see that there's a conversation to be had here. You have these women, you want them to have healthy babies, they don't have access to X, Y, and Z, what do you want to do? I would argue that is the place for charitable giving, not statewide giving. The argument that could come back is, well, we think that this is putting a strain on our city services. This is cheaper in an effort to get a better result anyway. Less dollars and better result, meaning more kids born healthy, staying healthy, better result. Oddly enough, it can be seen and positioned as a pro-life mindset. But the other side of that is you're paying people to get pregnant. You're paying people to get pregnant? That's what you're doing. That's weird. That is strange. I wonder how the Planned Parenthood people see this. I'm I'm very, very curious. Because I, I would think on its face they'd be opposed to it considering they're the ones who offer those services and aren't those services covered by Obamacare? And everybody's cheering, hey, it's been 13 years of Obamacare. Isn't that awesome? No, it's not. It sucks because I couldn't keep my doctor and I couldn't keep my plan. But thanks for everything else. Really appreciate you. Rub it in my face. It's been 13 years of this crap and the costs never went down. You liars. This is one of those stories where you go, huh? And then you go, huh? And then you go, huh? And then you go, hmm. That's it. This is it. Because I've got a multiplicity of ways you can view this. Now, there really isn't a multiplicity of ways you can view the way many Purdue students at Purdue University treated Michael Knowles when he was there yesterday giving a talk screaming and yelling and calling him a fascist and holding up signs that say KYS, kill yourself. That's what some Purdue University students did in my beloved Indiana, holding up signs for Michael Knowles of Daily Wire to kill himself. They looked ridiculous. So many of these kids looked ignorant and foolhardy. Dear Lord, your Purdue students? Whoo! But this is just one example of where people manipulate data because they want to claim that Michael Knowles wants to eradicate transgender people. My God, one local Indianapolis reporter said that Michael Knowles wants to eradicate LGBTQ plus people. He wants to eradicate gay people. He never said anything like that. It is a lie from this reporter and, and I've reached out on, on Twitter saying, you're, you're lying. Change this. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Michael Knowles is having a conversation about eradicating transgenderism as a concept. And, and from the, the conversation, which is a provocative statement to say the least. But how about the people who want to eradicate parents and the com- connection between parents and children? That's next. out that uh, this is another federal law 
along with the bathroom bill that's in the bill, the attacks on LGBTQ and trans youth. But there's nothing in the in this amendment to increase parental say over which courses are um, uh, are being offered. Uh, some courses are deleted, like African American Studies and uh, AP African American Studies in Florida. But there's no money for new courses. That's Representative Bobby Scott of Virginia getting everything wrong. But then again, what do you expect? The radical responses we've seen in places like Florida, and now we're seeing at the federal level, to the idea that parents have rights, that's the story. It has nothing to do with an L, a, a, a B, a G, or a T. I, I, I get the letters confused sometimes. Uh, what matters is that teachers and teachers' unions... I should really say specifically teachers' unions. What I should really say is progressives don't want parents to have rights. They want to end childhood as we know it. They want to erase the line between childhood and adulthood. They want children to have agency and then let children do what they want and what they want to do to children. I said it. I meant it. I won't shy away from it. I won't hide from that reality, and I will fight to ensure that never happens Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. And I'm not alone. I know you're with me. I know there are millions of Americans who feel the same way. What we're watching is criminally insane. But sometimes for some people who aren't paying as much attention to it as we are, it's got to be spelled out properly. The progressive left does not believe in parental rights. Because what they favor is agency of children, which is the idea that children should be able to make their own decisions. They can make their own medical decisions, like, for example, taking puberty blockers or having abortions. They should be able to make voting decisions, which is why you see them wanting to reduce a voting in the United States. It's why you see them make moves to ensure that you can vote by mail. They're going to want you voting on your phone in a matter of no time as if that is somehow safe. We just don't have that yet. We don't have that technology yet. I would not trust it, and I can't believe that others actually would. But if you can make your own medical decisions, you can make your own voting decisions, then you can make other decisions like whom you love or who loves you. If you say to me, that's disgusting, how dare you? I will say to you, all I have done is engage a natural progression. If X, then Y, clearly Z is next in line. I've been discussing this on air for five years, maybe more. The moment of, wow, this is really happening. I was walking around Central Park, discussing this with a friend and breaking down why this, why that, why that, and started playing the game. What happens when you take something to the end point? You walk it down the primrose path, it gets to an end. Clearly, the objective is to remove the child from the relationship with the parent to end the concept of parenthood, end the idea of childhood, and allow children agency. And when they have agency, they can do whatever they want, and you, the parent, has no say. No society can thrive like that. And what we see from the political left is this constant push against parents having rights. And in this, the, the, these hearings they were having in the House yesterday, I should say these floor um, speeches they were doing in the House yesterday, they, they, they can't help themselves. They totally cannot help themselves. 
in their level of radical conversation, admitting clearly and and in 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 many ways ferociously that they oppose the concept, the theory, the belief that parents should have a say in their child's education. This bill is modeled after one that I know very well, uh, Florida's parental rights in the education law. Most of us know it as don't say gay. And don't say gay infringes on um, parents' rights, including LGBTQ plus and supportive parents. Bills like this make schools more hostile and make no mistake, it results in hate, bigotry, and yes, sometimes death of our students in schools. That is Representative Maxwell Frost. He's a Democrat. He's 26 years old, and he sounds like it. Parents having a say in their kids' education is going to lead to death because parents knowing what's going on with their kids is somehow unacceptable. Parents having knowledge about what's happening with their children isn't okay. Isn't that the argument we've been hearing? There's only one purpose for that argument, to cleave the child from the parent, to relieve the parent of their responsibility and say, no, this is the job for trained professionals. By the way, when they go about attacking the priesthood or they go about uh, attacking the church for what some have done to children, and I will never condone it, should we notice all the time teachers are trying to get it on with students? Why don't we condemn teachers the same way? They have no answer for, for that. Uh, they, they should. Now, Hakeem Jeffries, the leader of the Democrats in the House, he's going to hit you with some buzzwords. Legislation brought to us by the extreme MAGA Republicans that will put politics over parents. This legislation has nothing to do with parental involvement, parental engagement, parental empowerment. It has everything to do with jamming the extreme MAGA Republican ideology down the throats of the children and the parents of the United States of America. Transgenderism has nothing to do with lesbian, gay, or bisexual Americans. Nothing. Why do you keep lumping them into the conversation, Representative Jeffries? And I say this to the whole of the political left. Why do you keep lumping it in as LGBTQ+, being a lesbian, or being gay, or being bisexual, has absolutely nothing to do with the transgender conversation happening, specifically the conversation of children, where we're not talking about how a child feels, we're talking about the idea that children can act upon those feelings, utilizing drugs like puberty blockers or engaging in surgeries. You don't think parents should be made aware of when those kinds of things might be taking place. So instead of recognizing what legislation is, like, for example, in Florida, you the Parental Bill of Rights, you call it the don't say gay law because you're unbelievably ignorant, hateful people. That clearly is the answer, or you're in favor of parents not having any rights so you can allow the child to make decisions for themselves. You believe in allowing children agency. You don't believe in the concept of childhood at all. You want access to kids, and I think that makes you weird. But it's your choice in how you want to go down this road and how you want to take me on in this conversation. The problem for you is there's more than just me, and we see you. 
We see what you're all about. You want parents out of the conversation because you want the children for yourself. I think that's creepy as can be, personally. And you say to me, Tony, are you sure about this? Well, let's talk about this idea of don't say gay, which, of course, they've lied about in my beloved Indiana. I've seen news reports about this. I've called them out. They're fine with the lying. Journalists, quote unquote, fine with the lying. There is no don't say gay bill. And you see people like uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, saying that it's part of a disturbing and dangerous trend that we're seeing across the nation, unquote, of targeting LGBTQ people. No one is targeting anyone. And you don't seem to understand that the conversation here is about the T. It has nothing to do with being gay. Stop dragging gay people into this conversation and utilizing them as human shields. It's gross, Corinne Jean-Pierre. It's gross, Hakeem Jeffries. It's gross political left. You do not own gay Americans. They'll decide for themselves. Thank you very much. I, again... It, it 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 took the conservative uh, guy from Indiana to stand up for gay people. Okay, but gay being gay and being a lesbian does not mean you're down with the transgenderism. And sure as hell doesn't mean that you're okay with children taking puberty blockers or engaging in surgeries. And it certainly doesn't mean that you don't think parents should know what's what. The parental bill of rights is exactly that—a discussion of what's what. It never says, don't say gay. Now, if you don't believe me, I have the legislation right in front of me. I have what they want to do now in Florida, which is expand the Parental Bill of Rights and parts of it uh, for for grades uh, 4 through 12, where they state, shall not intentionally provide classroom instruction to students in kindergarten through third grade, which they now want to make pre-K through third grade, on sexual orientation or gender identity, identity, they now want to add, shall not intentionally provide classroom instruction to students in grades 4 through 12 on sexual orientation or gender identity. Now that's where the left stops. They stop right there. Oh, sure, you don't want to, you don't want to teach anybody about sexual orientation. You're saying don't say gay. That's not what they said because the honest person would read. And when you read, it reads, shall not intentionally provide classroom instruction to students in grade four through 12 on sexual orientation or gender identity unless such instruction is either expressly required by state academic standards or is part of a reproductive health course or health lesson for which a student's parents has the option to have his or her student not attend. Oh, you mean things are taught in all the grade levels as is mandated and as is appropriate. But maybe we should put an end to teachers who don't know how to control themselves blurting out every personal part of their sex lives. Which, if we were to take a look at all the teachers posting things on TikTok, is clearly the case. Now, it does go on to say shall not discourage or prohibit parental notification of and involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being unless the individual reasonably believes that disclosure would result in abuse, abandonment, or neglect as defined. We are not making the argument that some parents don't well handle if their kids don't fit into certain nice little boxes. 
And certainly we have enough anecdotal evidence that some parents are horrific and violent when their kid doesn't fit into the nice little box or the normal box. That's a far cry from, I purposefully try to hide things from parents and I allow children to be who they are, which I push them into and don't tell the parent because, you know, that's what I think my job is. If you're a teacher who thinks your job is to have a special closet where kids can change and be their authentic selves and not tell their parents, you should not be allowed near children. The idea that parents shouldn't have rights is surreal. And the idea that you are obsessed with teaching children about sex and sexual identity is weird. But then again, this is the political left under Hakeem Jeffries. Dear Lord, everything they do is weird. Extreme MAGA Republicans don't want the children of America to learn about the Holocaust. What the hell is he talking about? First of all, everything he says is extreme MAGA Republicans. That's just a lie. Hakeem Jeffries is a liar. Just say it. It's clear. It's easy. It's good. But nobody, nobody brought more to the table than everybody's favorite childlike policy genius, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. When we talk about progressive values, I can say what my progressive value is, and that is freedom over fascism. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, time has expired. She's a child, or at least her policies are childlike. We are watching with fascination people aggressively stating that parents shouldn't have rights and we are watching them with these wild gesticulations scream that if you believe that a parent should have a say in a kid's education or a parent should know what's going on with their child that's fascism now it's up to us to ask the bigger question do we want these people to be in charge Remember, these are the same people when you started asking questions about your kid's education called you domestic terrorists. Note that Representative Ocasio-Cortez doesn't have a history of saying shame on the Justice Department for treating American parents this way, for saying this about them. You You are entitled to your First Amendment rights. Even if I disagree with them, go do it. Be respectful. Be peaceful. Nope, 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 nope. It was okay to call parents you domestic terrorists because you thought that you should know what's going on and you should have a say in your kid's education. Not only do they believe you shouldn't have a say, they believe you shouldn't be told. They really are the people of don't ask, don't tell. But they believe you shouldn't ask and they shouldn't tell. That's who they are. And yes, there is no question based on the data that they are also in favor, whether it's de facto or whether it is out in the open, of eliminating childhood, erasing the line between childhood and adulthood, and allowing children to have agency. And there is no more of a horrific world that I can think of than one that doesn't actually protect children from the predators that are out there. And those predators are getting emboldened every single day Every single day, whether we're talking about they want to remove uh, the parent from the child, whether they want access to the child, however it is you want to see it.
their policies are valueless and cannot create a better society. Your job is to vote. Your job is to go to your school board meeting. Your job is to explain to Representative Ocasio-Cortez that she doesn't even understand what fascism is and screeching childlike policies like a child brings no value and leaves with us no belief in her being serious. Go protect your kids. They're yours. I'm Tony Katz. It's horrible, especially up here in Upper East Side. Everything is probably like 60% more. Hot dogs, coffee. I mean, what kind of stuff is more expensive? Uh, you got coffee, even waters, usually like $3 for a water. It's like $1, you go to Lower East Side. It sucks. It's awful. Is it more, cost more now for a bacon, egg, and cheese than it did, you know, a year or two ago? Um, definitely. I think I paid like four fifty last year, but I think like this year I'm paying like $7. But you chose to live in New York. And you voted for the people who increase prices. So what do you want from me? If they're going to complain about prices going up and inflation, let's take a look at who they voted for for president. If they're going to complain about New York raising prices and New York having all these problems, I'm going to ask them who they voted for for mayor. These things don't exist in a vacuum. What have you done to cause the problems And then what are you doing to stop the problems? And dear Lord, when do you grow up and move already? I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.